I love Jesus Christ. He is so amazing. I was, I was in such need for mercy when I called out to Christ. And he made a way where there was no way. And I, just, I, I love him so much. He's so good. He's so kind. He's so merciful. I was facing death. And he died in my place. Uh, there's, there's no one else. And I love you. I love this church. I seriously, I don't know a more amazing, compassionate, kind, generous, passionate about Christ church. I just love being a part of it. I love being a pastor. I, I love seeing lives just transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love uh, just people becoming disciples and, and seeing God and, and seeing themselves right and just being transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I got this note recently from someone who said, in March of 2015, when I walked into Rockbrook Church, I knew that I found home. I joined Rockbrook and the church has given me a forever family and the tools to change my life to be a better disciple for Christ. I love the way that Rockbrook Church teaches from the verses to live better for Christ. You give me scripture to fight battle of the mind and a heart to, sur- or to strive to be a better reflection of what Christ has done in my life. Celebrate Recovery has given me the tools to be an overcomer. I learned many things about the hurts and habits that left me depleted. I looked and had wrong motives in my life. I had been a Christian since I was 14. I thought I had what I needed, but the step study helped me to realize that I lived in denial and was powerless. So much was realized. I found out through my inventory the way I turned my relationships with others to be in conflict. I finished participating and went to leading a step study. I have such a strong connection with my forever family at Rockbrook Church. Thank you all who serve at Rockbrook, for it is by your example that I can be an example of Christ's love. And I would just echo their thanks. Thank you to all who serve at Rockbrook. Some of you, I'll get your hands clapping together before the end of the day. That's for sure. God is so good. He's so good. First Peter 1.17 says it this way. You call out to God for help, and guess what? He helps. He's a good, good father. It's who he is. It's who he is. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and won't let you get by with sloppy living. Don't you love the message? I love it goes on to say your life is a journey your life is a journey you must travel with a deep consciousness of God a deep consciousness of God it costs God plenty to get you out of that dead end empty-headed life you grew up in anyone he paid with Christ's sacred blood you know it was a dead end but he made a way with Christ's blood where there was no way it was a dead end it was empty And now there is a way and there is life to the full. I was thinking recently about what Peter calls this journey uh, that we must travel. As a couple weeks ago, I was uh, in southern Utah uh, hiking some of the canyons with my cousin. And Tim, if you're listening, what's up? (laughs) And we were just having so much fun. We wanted to go on a trip together for a while. And uh, so uh, one of the hikes that we went on was in Zion Canyon, and it's called the Narrows. And what you're doing is you're hiking in a river. And uh, it's narrow, so some parts it's, you know, 20 feet wide or narrower. And 
uh, kind of ebbs and flows, and uh, it's just wall-to-wall water with cliffs going up 2,000 feet in some spaces. But you're hiking in a river, and it's rocky, and there's all different sized rocks, and some of them are basketball size that you gotta look out for and balance on or, or navigate around. It's deceptively hazardous. And we're just going through, and this is my view most of the way so far, is I'm just looking at my trekking pole and where to put my feet, and we're hiking this river and it's cold, and I'm thinking, are we gonna do this all day? And then uh, at one point, my, my cousin turns around and looks at me because I, I, I say, whoa! And what had happened is I'd finally looked up, and this is what I saw, and it was just amazing and beautiful. And, and he turns around and looks at me and says, yeah, you gotta remember to look up once in a while. And man, it was just so refreshing and enjoyable. I thought, man, I hope we do this all day. But when he said that, when he said, you gotta remember to look up once in a while, I thought, you know what, that'll preach. And I spent the rest of the hike outlining this message today. <laughs> because you gotta remember to look up every once in a while. This life, it's deceptively hazardous. And we, we spend much of our life looking down. No one will ever have to remind you to look down. It's rocky, it's treacherous, and our eyes are down. Our focus is on this life, these problems, these pains, these difficulties, these days. And you gotta remember to look up every once in a while. You gotta remind yourself, this is not all there is. Rockbrook, this is not all there is. There's more going on than you think there is. So this weekend, I want to remind you to look up. Actually, this birthday weekend is maybe you're navigating a season in your life. Maybe you're in a place where it's deceptively hazardous and you say, all this is new and I I don't know what to do and you're looking down. I want to remind you to look in, in, in three different directions. Three directions to look if we are to travel this journey with a deep consciousness of God. And first, I want to remind you to look up. Well, look up to what? If you're taking notes, write this in. Look up to the Most High God. This title, the Most High God, it's, it, it's really important to God because he is the highest possible object of our worship. Man-made gods, man-made desires, man-made purpose, man-made achievement cannot compete with God on any level. When God first revealed his name, he revealed it to Moses. And he said, my name is I am that I am. And from that we translate Yahweh, but God's self-description is that he is Lord and he's incomparable, he's self-sufficient, he just simply is. And he's not like anything, he's not similar to anything, he's not similar to anyone. Uh, Not in your notes, but in 1 Samuel chapter five, Uh, There's an amazing account, one of my favorite in in just the history of scripture, and it's where the Lord demonstrates an unmistakable manner, in an unmistakable manner, that he is God most high. And it's after the Philistines have stolen the ark of the Lord. The ark of the Lord, which um, contained the tablets of the Ten Commandments, it uh, made a way for the mercy seat for uh, there to be atonement of sin. This was before the cross. And the Ark of the Lord was housed in the tabernacle in an inner sanctum called the Holy of Holies. And the Philistines steal it and they take it and they put it in a temple, uh, an idol temple of an idol god named Dagon. I mean, can you just imagine the gall 
I mean, the, the pride, the foolishness, the arrogance. And they put it in this temple next to Dagon and they come in the next day and Dagon, this huge idol, has fallen over face down, bowing before the ark of the Lord. And in their foolishness and their pride and their arrogance, they stand their idol back up next to the ark of the Lord. They come in the next day, it has fallen over again before the ark of the Lord, its hands uh, fallen off, its feet fallen off, so it could not be stood up again. And they were so terrified they never crossed that threshold again. But there is no one, I mean, no one above God, no one stands beside God. And in a world where we recognize honor as elevating one another, we know God by recognizing Jesus Christ as the most high God who came in the flesh and he took the penalty we deserved and the punishment we deserved. And we cannot know him while trying to place him along just the other things in our life. We cannot know God without a deep consciousness of him. I never want a day to pass that I don't think about God. I don't think what he would have for me today. That I don't think about wanting to honor him with my life in that day. Psalm, seven, or Psalm 97, nine says, for you, Lord, are the most high over all the earth. You are exalted above, far above all gods. And this is what we do every week as a church. This is why we value it so much is we come in and we look up. Why? Why? Because Job 12, 13 says, true wisdom True wisdom and power are found in God. Counsel and understanding are his. True wisdom, listen now, true wisdom doesn't come with age. True wisdom doesn't come with experience. True wisdom doesn't come with education. True wisdom doesn't come with time out in nature by yourself. True wisdom doesn't come from a blog or a book or a magazine article. True wisdom and power belong to God and are found in God. And to get it, we must humble ourselves and look up to God as the most high God. So I will regularly, habitually, with discipline like a disciple, look up for there is none above him. I will look up and declare, you are my God. I believe in you. There is no other. Now there's another direction that we can look uh, to find this deep consciousness of God in our lives. And that is the second, if you're taking notes, and that is to look back and see that God is faithful. Most people do not see their past correctly. They forget the things that they should remember and remember the things they should forget. This is why Jesus said he was sending an advocate, the Holy Spirit, to be our divine reminder. What, well, what, what's he to remind us of? Well, he's to remind us of what Christ has said and what Christ has done, to remind us the blessings that we've been given, to remind us the price Christ paid, to remind us how loved we are by him, to, to remind us what's truly important in life. A few days ago, I was uh, just so down and disappointed by God. And he, he was not answering prayers the way I thought he should. And it was something I've been praying for, and the, I mean, the answer was no. And I'm, God, you're not even yes to that? And I just got so disappointed and down, and in my frustration, I started thinking and saying, God, you never say yes. You've never come through. 
you've never done what I needed you to do. And the Holy Spirit just so graciously came in and was a divine reminder and said, okay, well, what about the cross? (laughs) What about the resurrection? What about, I mean, look back over your life. Look at the blessings you've been giving. Look at the times that I forgave you. Look at the times that people in your life forgave you and you did not deserve it. I think about the blessings that you have. Where do you think that came from? Look, look at how I've moved in your life. Look back at this thing that then you had one perspective and now as you look back on it, you see that I did immeasurably more. And if I would have gave you what you asked for then, I couldn't have done all this. And it was just a beautiful, divine reminder of looking back at God's faithfulness. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. I wonder, do your kids know your salvation story? Do they know your testimony? Uh, I teach our membership class here. It's called Step One of the Growth Track, and we'll be doing it today at at 1.30. I'd love to have you join me. And in that class, um, my dad, our founding pastor, Pastor Kelly, um, gives his testimony on video. And so once a month, I'm hearing the salvation story of my father. And it's so powerful because I hear about the guys who shared Christ with him. And their names are Butch and Mitch. And I, I just love it because I'm just, it's just so thankful for Butch and Mitch. And I even think, you know, would I know God if it weren't for Butch and Mitch? And uh, I just celebrate that. And it challenges me to be uh, Butch and Mitch in somebody else's life. Because someday some kid might be sharing their dad's testimony of how a Ryland stepped into their life and shared the gospel and led him to the Lord and the massive difference it made in their life and it encourages me and pushes me forward and gives thank and I give thanks as I look back at God's faithfulness. Do your does your family know why you're sitting in church today? Why you all got in the car and, and came over and checked your kids into RBFK and what led to you sitting? Do they know your salvation story? Do they know how God got a hold of you and what, what he saved you from? Do your friends know you're a believer? Each birthday weekend at Rockbrook, I'm reminded of just what we've seen as a church. And every year, it's a reminder of the lesson to be faithful in little and be faithful with little. So I remember 21 years ago, I was just a kid, but everything that we, uh, everything that the church had and owned was in a trailer, and most of that was actually borrowed, and we would uh, take it to different spaces that we'd rented for that day. So you had to be smart to go to Rockbrook because you never knew where we were going to be. Could be school cafeteria or gym or basement of a bank or shelter house or event center uh, or a theater or a ballroom, reception hall wherever, and we'd take it, and then uh, we'd unload that, and we'd have to clean up uh, whatever was left over from Saturday night, so when we met in the movie theater, uh, we'd go in there, and we'd, you know, try and get out the popcorn smell and all that kind of stuff, and we'd go down, we went down to the end of the hallway of this theater right over here, and uh, met in the smallest theater down at the end of the hall, and then it was such a tangible expression of growth as we'd outgrow a theater and move to a, a bigger one, then move to a bigger, move to a bigger, then add services. And then we moved over to uh, the Crystal Ballroom, which was a reception hall uh, next to a hotel off 71, uh, up just a bit north from here. 
And, uh, and then we'd be in there so early that, I mean, beer's still running off the tables and you gotta get that drunk guy a room and share the gospel with him and, you know, turn this place into a church. And we were just faithful with whatever we had with what was right in front of us that day and with what God has given us. And it's amazing to look back and to see how that has grown. And it's amazing to think about what it will grow into if we'll just be faithful with what's in front of us today and be faithful with little. Because if you were to ask some of us back in those first days if Rockbrook would celebrate a 21st birthday someday, it would have been iffy, okay? But we just gotta be faithful in little. Psalm 89 Uh, one through two says, I will sing of the Lord's unfailing love forever. We're gonna sing of that today. Will you follow the scripture? Will you join us? Young and old will hear of your faithfulness. Your unfailing love will last forever. Your faithfulness is as enduring as the heavens. Our life is a journey we must travel with deep consciousness of God, deep consciousness of his faithfulness. And once I've looked back to see that he is faithful, That enables me to now look ahead, if you're taking notes, believing he is able. Once I've recognized that God is faithful, once I've recognized that he is the cornerstone of my faith, my faith is no longer in my ability to move forward. It's built upon the cornerstone of the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. And that as I'm on this journey and as when I come to places where I don't feel like I can go on, I can look back and say, well, he's brought me this far. He's gonna surely bring me that far again. And I can look ahead believing he is able. And I move forward following Jesus because I'm a Jesus follower. That's who I am. And I will move forward in taking my next steps of following him. In Luke chapter nine, it describes some encounters people had with Jesus And uh, I put the last verse in your notes, but follow with me on the screen as we kind of work up to it. And as they were walking along, this is Jesus and some of his followers, walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But that man replied, Lord, First, let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Now, I thought we just determined that we are to look back at his faithfulness. But why are we looking back? Jesus says, if you're looking back, thinking that anything back there is more important than what is right in front of you, you don't get it. You don't see it. No matter how important you think it is, if you think anything back there is more important than God standing right in front of you, you don't get it and you're not fit for this kingdom because you don't see it. Jesus says, if you're looking back for an excuse, If you're looking back to disqualify yourself, if you're looking back, you're not fit for the kingdom because we're doing a new thing and we're moving forward. We are, as the Apostle Paul said, forgetting what is behind. He says, I wanna forget the things I should forget and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize of God's heavenly calling in Christ Jesus. You don't have to go back. You don't have to go back to that old sin. 
You don't have to go back to that old way of life. You don't have to go back to that dead end, empty-headed living. There is a hope and a calling and a future in Jesus Christ. And you do not have to be enslaved by the past. You do not have to be enslaved by decisions you've made in the past. There is a hope and a calling and a future, and we want to help you find it. As we look ahead on our birthday weekend, I want to talk about vision, uh, because vision is the ability to see what is ahead. I want to talk about what's ahead for you, and I want to remind you of the vision of this church. Uh, a process that, that God has for you on this journey that we must travel. And this is our hope for you. And, and the first is that you would know God. If you're taking notes, just turn the page, write this in with me, that you would know God. Jesus said while praying to God in John chapter 17, he said, this is salvation, that they would know. Why would he say that? Because salvation isn't a ritual, it's not a religion, uh, it's not an experience, it's not a to-do list, it's knowing God. Not like you know of someone, like a celebrity. In fact, Jesus even said many people in the end will, will say, Lord, but they, they're not going to heaven. They're not Christians. They're not believers. They never followed me. They, they never loved me. They never knew me. And so we want to help you know God. And so that's what our, one of our weekend service is designed to make this possible, where you can take your first spiritual steps, where you can be introduced to God, where you can trust him for salvation, his works that save you, not yours. You can take your first uh, spiritual steps of being baptized and you can see the weekend service as an opportunity for you to know God. And if you know God, you can know him better. And that ought to be uh, uh, on everyone's mind as they come into church. I wanna know God better today. We're not just gonna attend a service. Okay, you don't get heaven points for sitting through a church service. Okay? And some people, they want church to be miserable because they think the more it has to be endured, the more points that they get in the end. That's not the case. We come in, we celebrate, there's inspiration, there's application so you can apply this to your real life and your week, and there's an opportunity for salvation to say, I want to know God, I want to trust in him. But you can come to a place where you know God and still have to settle some junk in our hearts. I'll say it this way. You can get saved and still have junk in your heart and in your life. You definitely can. You'd be going to heaven. You love God. You love Christ. You're trusting in him. But you still have wounds and hurts and addictions that are just ruining your life and ruining your Christian life and you know it. So how do you, how do you break free from that? Well, that's the next thing that is in a vision for us as a church is we wanna help you find freedom. And hands down, the best way to do this is in an honest relationship context. Life change happens in the context of relationships. So we'll show you our nicks and scrapes if you'll show us yours. Because we all got them. We all got issues. We're all in the same hospital. And so we're not just going to play church. We're going we're gonna to get real. And you don't have to do this in front of everybody and, you can do it in a small group. You don't even have to do this in front of everyone in your small group, but there ought to be a few people who know the real you that you can say, can you help me conquer this? Can you help me process this? Can I tell you something I've never told anyone before? And so we have two primary ways that you can find freedom and fulfill God's purpose in these contexts, and the primary way is to join a small group. About two-thirds of the people that come to our church uh, this weekend are in, connected to a small group. 
uh, people you can be real with, where you can learn with, ask questions, have a relationship. Small groups are also the place um, that we provide a lot of the care of our church. A couple weeks ago, I went to visit a wonderful lady in our church who uh, had an accident and was kind of uh, involved in an accident, was kind of banged up. And uh, so I went to visit her, and as I'm on the elevator going up, I'm thinking about what I'm, how I'm going to pray for and what scriptures I'm going to share. And as the elevator doors open up, I just hear laughter roaring down the hallway. And I walk down to her room and look in, and she's in there surrounded by her small group. And they've already prayed for her. They're working out how they're going to help her recover, who's going to take care of the dog and meals and all this kind of stuff. And they're just laughing and having a good time now. And actually, she's going, stop making me laugh. My ribs hurt. And uh, it was just a powerful expression of the care that's found in godly friendships. And I thought, she didn't need me. And she's being cared for and loved on as people in her life that are making a difference in her life. So we've got groups that help you find freedom. A lot of them are, are, are study-based um, with specific studies, and they go through and, and maybe help you in a certain thing that you want to learn about, whether in the, the Bible or uh, for your life or something like that. And then ultimately, it's so you can get, get close to someone. We also, we're so serious about this. We also have another very powerful tool called Celebrate Recovery. And Celebrate Recovery, there's information uh, on your worship guide uh, but it exists to help you find freedom from hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Now, I've been through Celebrate Recovery. So many people in our church have, and they have found freedom. This is, this is the summer, okay? The time is now, summer 2018, for you to start down this journey of settling yesterday once and for all. So when you look back, you can remember the things you should remember and forget all the junk that's in the past. And be- if you don't do that, you're never going to know your calling, and that's what hope is attached to. Okay, hope isn't, it, it, hope isn't attached to some carrot on a stick that's just around the bend in your life. Like hope is, well, if I just get into this kind of relationship, if I can uh, just move into this place, if I can just serve in this type of ministry, if I could just have this type of job, and we just attach hope that's just, just out of reach. Hope is attached to your calling that's transferable to wherever you are in life, and that's why we would love for you to let us take you on the journey of discovering purpose, discover purpose. When you do, life takes on a new meaning. Too many Christians, they don't know the purpose of the church. They don't know why the church exists. Okay, they don't know uh, how to connect to God relationally. They don't know their spiritual gifts, and they don't know how to help the church. We want to change that. So in four classes, I can give you the catalysts to be able to do this. And, and it's, that's what Growth Track is designed to do. Again, step, step one uh, is today at 1.30. I'll teach that, and love to have you join me. So you can fulfill your calling. This is the ultimate step. It's with God's holy people. Holy meaning set apart. So you join the body of Christ and then you get on a team so you can, number four, make a difference. Make a difference. And this is what your life is all about right here. This is why uh, almost one out of three people at Rockbrook are on the dream team. They're making a difference. They're serving in some way. I tell you, a, a lot of you Maybe your spiritual growth is stagnant and you're thinking, man, what do I got to do? A lot, if you've known God for a while, spiritual growth is going to come through serving. It's going to come through making a difference. It's going to come through turning around and saying, I'm going to help someone else know God now. I'm going to help them find freedom. I'm going to help them discover purpose. 
And so the next step is to join, join a team, join a dream team. Next week, we launch our summer season at Rockbrook. And this summer, I just want to lead our church through a season of making a difference and serving one another and serving our community. So that's going to be the theme of our, of our summer. And to do that, we've got a few different things happening, and there's going to be alignment, and it's going to be very powerful. Uh, first is that next weekend, we'll launch a sermon series in our weekend services called Why I Serve. I am so excited about this series. We're going to see how Christ has served us, how um, we can be seen as leaders and servants uh, in our family, in our workplaces, in our jobs, in our, our neighborhoods. Of so Father's Day, we're going to have a powerful Father's Day uh, message. I've got an interview with a guy uh, set up, one of my heroes. I'll, I'll be letting you know about this in the future, but it's going to be really cool. And then also along with this, aligned with this, is our, many of our small groups are going to be doing a study called A Place to Serve. And it's an in-house study. You'll see me teaching on video, uh, testimonies from people in our church. Uh, there's daily devotionals uh, to add to this alignment and this emphasis. Um, so that's available in the lobby today. So maybe your small group can go through that. Uh, maybe you just want to grab some of those and, and go through with your family or a group of people. We can show you how to, how to lead that, how to lead a group. Or maybe just individually you say, you know, I just, maybe my next step is just to get this stuff so I can track with my church, and, um, and we'll get that to you as well so you can do the daily devotionals and track with us there. And it's all going to culminate in a serve day, uh, July, uh, July 14th, Saturday, July 14th, where we're just going to make a big splash in our community, making a difference with different serving projects. Many of our small groups you once a year or maybe even once a semester, you're doing a service project, okay? You've helped someone in your, in your small group or uh, you've partnered with uh, one of the organizations we support in our community and you've served them there or you've uh, done something to uh, impact the community. So would you be willing to do that again and maybe have some people join you or show, you, uh, or show them how you did it? Or maybe you've got an idea for uh, something that, would serve our community and make a difference. And we've got ideas too and, and uh, places for you to plug in and serve. But you'll hear more about that next week as we launch the series. But we just want to make a difference. God said, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so that's what we're going to do as a church this summer so that we can help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Hey, what's your church all about? Well, we help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. What's the, what's the vision of your church? We help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. What do I do in my church? I help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. I want to close today as we celebrate our birthday and think about the impact of us coming together. I want to share with you a dream that God has laid on our hearts and uh, it's a dream that we've had for 21 years. I just want to communicate it to you in a new way. And uh, I just want to share with you something that's simply titled, It Is the Dream. And you can follow along on the screen or just maybe close your eyes and listen and dream with me. But I hope as I read this that you feel your heart burning within you to join with your church and see this dream continue to become a reality. It is the dream of a place where the hurting, the depressed, the frustrated, and the confused can find love, acceptance, help, hope, forgiveness, 
guidance, and encouragement. It is the dream of a group of people who gather together with eagerness, passion, and enthusiasm to worship, treasure, and lift up the name of Jesus Christ. It is the dream of welcoming people into the fellowship of our church family, a church family so full of the spirit of Christ that you can tangibly feel the sense of grace and second chance when you are around them. A church family that is loving, learning, laughing, and living in harmony together. It is the dream of a freedom so rooted in Christ that it produces the fruit of spiritual maturity, a desire to lead one another to the truth of God's word, a love for the word of God and radical generosity as we give of ourselves in response to the word. It is the dream of equipping every believer for a significant ministry by helping them discover the gifts and talents God gave them. Anyone can make a difference, no matter how unqualified they feel or how broken their past. It is the dream of a church so passionate for the lost. Like a parent who's lost a child, nothing will stop them nor stand against them as they share the good news of Jesus Christ with their neighbors, their nation, and their world. It is the dream of Rockbrook Church to be unified around these purposes of God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we bow our hearts before you as we look up to you. God, we need you. Anything this church has done, you have all the glory, Lord. And we look back today not to go back, but to build on the faithful cornerstone that is Jesus Christ. And God, we look ahead in faith that you are able to do it again. You've carried us this far and you will finish what you have started. God, we want to know you. We want the freedom is found in the spirit of Christ. We want to discover your purpose for us, not our purpose for us, but your purpose so we can make a difference. Make a difference not for this earth, not for our name, not for ourselves, but so that we can make a difference for the kingdom of God. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.